Hi, hello, welcome to another episode of Isaiah's Newsstand. It's your host, Isaiah Edwards. The date is May 12th, 2023. Hopefully this episode finds you well in good spirits and high hopes. As for me, it's Friday, it's Friday. I'm feeling good, feeling great. How are you? Um, hopefully you're doing well. Um, let's see, I do have a food corner. I treated myself. We got paid, I said, hey, let's do it. Um, there's, there's this thing. I, I saw it on my, my little feed, my little Facebook feed, and it threw me for a loop because apparently this is like a Cincinnati staple that I just haven't seen before. And it's called the Sky Rosa. So essentially, let me break this down for you for the, for the non-local yokels. It's two things put together. It's two different meals put together in one mouth. <laughs> um, you get a La Rosa's pizza, a slice of pizza, and then you get a cheese uh, cheese coney from Skyline Chili. So these are two, you know, staple Cincinnati foods. They're they're good. Don't get me wrong. You know, no no shade or anything like that. But it's like obviously I'm telling you that I'm gonna put a slice of pizza. And I'm going to turn that into like a like a like a eating vessel, like a taco. And I'm going to put a coney, a cheese coney on it. And I'm just going to eat that. That's that's what was happening. And I, I can't believe that I'd never seen this before. And people were telling me like, yeah, yeah, no, I, I've, I've eaten these like my whole life. And I'm like, that's crazy. <laughs> that being said, I had to have it. So that is what I spent my money on today. Plus, I got a strawberry and cream cheesecake from skyline which was awesome it was very good uh that being said the main course was also good i would even say very good but there's a thing don't get me wrong i'm a portly fellow i'm a big guy you know hey awesome i love to eat i'm a big eater it's part i've i've baked it into a podcast about news okay so like obviously yes but like there's a certain kind of thing where we're getting into like the gluttony, like the much for muchness kind of thing. And I think this is one of those times where it, it's so good. It's like you're taking two good things and you're, you're, you're stacking them. And as great as that is, maybe we shouldn't be flying that close to the sun is what I'm saying. That's how I felt as I dug into this. Um, but I mean, that being said, it was good. I would eat it again. Um, I, I compare it though to the double down, which is something I have not eaten again. And it is a food that scares me because you just shouldn't have two pieces of chicken and sauce and somehow you called that a sandwich. That's not how a sandwich works. That's crazy. That's insane. So I'm saying it's in the stratosphere of that. But once again, would again. (laughs) So that's all we got for the food roundup, the life roundup. Like I said, we're doing pretty good, feeling pretty great. I know that's not a good grammatical sentence, but I can do what I want. It's my podcast. <laughs> all right. Speaking of doing what I want, I'm going to take my break at the top and uh, we can get into this one news. Oh, yeah. Mm. Okay. Whew. Uh, let's see. From the start, let's go with, yes, Taco Carlson from Variety News. Or Variety. I don't think they go by Variety News, whatever. 
Uh, Tucker Carlson, after Fox News firing, says he will relaunch a version of his show on Twitter. Um, so yeah, it looks like our falling star is not dead yet. He is not burnout. out. But um, let's see. Uh, Tucker Carlson announced that he will bring a version of his Fox News show, which he lost after getting fired last month on Twitter. Um, the social platform owned by Elon Musk. Excuse me. Oh, there it is. I can taste it again. Hmm, yummy. <laughs> um, sorry. Uh, starting soon, we'll be bringing a new version of the show we've been doing for the last six and a half years to Twitter. Uh, Carlson said in a video shared Tuesday on the platform, free speech is the main right you have. Without it, you have no others. Um, so a lot of bluster he was saying from his house, which is something I've learned that apparently he shot a lot of, um, if not all of his show, like his Fox News show, he shot it from his home. Uh, I think like especially since like, what, 2020 since the pandemic or whatever the fuck. Uh, so essentially... This platform that he's trying to assemble on Twitter isn't so far off uh, from what he's doing, like, or was doing, I should say. Uh, that being said, there is a bit of a problem in terms of his non-complete clause. Um, he's potentially leaving $25 million on the table in compensation to break his non-complete clause with Fox News. That is according to Puck News' Dylan, uh, Dylan Byers. Uh, but prior to Carlson's announcement of the forthcoming Twitter show, a lawyer for the former Fox News host sent a letter to the cable network accusing Fox News of fraud and breach of contract. And that was reported by Axios. Um, that is presum presumably intended to set the stage for Carlson to claim he's not bound by the non-compete clause of his non-complete non-compete provision of his contract with Fox News. So, I mean, we'll see. Now, um, I know in this article, and I've heard this before too, they pinpoint another reason why he was fired. It wasn't not, it wasn't just necessarily um, some of the potential lawsuits, some of the misogyny, the anti-Semitism, all that kind of stuff. He had said uh, like something about how like during the January 6th, uh, I think it was the pro the protest or something like that. That like there were people beating up like two or three on one, and he's like he didn't like that. He's like that's not how white that's not how white people fight or some shit. It was weird. The, the quote's somewhere in this fucking article, but um, it was just really an awkward quote. But to me, that is kind of like okay, whatever, because he literally says worse on his fucking show. Like he literally pushes like the replacement theory, which is like one of the more racist fucking notions that you can actually propagandize you know and he was just making that shit look new like so him sending a text like that just seems like whatever but i think it's also part of his claim that like well you guys can't fire me for texts especially texts outside of work so you know we'll see what legal routes kind of come from there but mainly i just wanted to talk about the fact that this is this is his gambit this is his rubicon from here you know He's decided that, hey, I'm not going to try to go to another news source, especially one that's obviously not going to be as big as Fox News. Instead, I'm going to hitch myself to, you know, Elon Musk's Twitter, which is pretty much allowing all shapes and sizes. Um, and he talks about this being like this free platform and so good. 
Um, that being said, it's just surprising that you didn't see someone like this go to Rumble because that would kind of be more his speed or Getter, which once again, that's like fucking, um, not Getter, Truth, True Social, that's what I'm thinking of. Um, Getter's kind of been by the wayside. That's like kind of like fucking parlor, huh? But I think that's part of what he is saying, though, when it comes to Twitter is like it's such a big platform and they're allowing anyone and everyone to fucking be on here. You can be a white supremacist and you can fucking send a tweet now. Like Elon Musk, our free speech absolutionist. He's like, yeah, you know, uh, that's that's based. No, Ugh, I don't fucking know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we'll see. I know some people are kind of freaking out about this, like, oh my gosh, this is going to get so much worse now, and I'm like, I guess, like, more, more than likely to me, though, in my head, like, yes, people come to Twitter to get news, that is a sure thing, no doubt, I definitely, I glean some news uh, sometimes from Twitter, but that being said, there's a lot of apps that do that, and I just don't think that, like, he's going to have the punching power from Twitter like he did from Fox News. It's just a completely different branding. You're losing another audience to potentially gain others. So who knows? We'll see. Uh, obviously, I'm not rooting for this motherfucker. It's boo, tomato, tomato, tomato. Um, but I did, I actually watched the clip um, when he posted that because I was like, what the fuck is this? It's like, oh, this is the move. This is the, um, this is the play. So, you know, we'll keep you posted on more what comes. Uh, actually, I got a double whammy on Twitter news, though. Oh, something I did want to add, though, before I move on here, because, I mean, we're going to be talking about Elon Musk throughout. Elon Musk didn't necessarily come out and be like, oh, yeah, we're like, we, we totally are going to do this. He did say, like, oh, Tucker Carlson's totally allowed to do that, but he hasn't signed a contract with us or anything like that. That being said, he has free access just like any content creator would. And he goes on to further say that he would, like, love for, like, actually people on the left to kind of take Tucker Carlson's um, cue and like see that you could actually use this platform as well. It's like, bro, no, dude. One, this shit is whack for something like actually platforming content. Um, in my opinion, uh, it's fine if you're already like a hot person, like in terms of like you already have traction and you're just going to Twitter to use the platform for fun or just to interact with people. But um, I don't know. It, it, it I don't really feel like you get an actual, like, any kind of promotion or better use of access. It's just there's a lot of people there. So, you know, there's a chance they're going to see your post and interact with it. That's that's the only real upside. But it just feels so loose. Also, most of the updates have just not made Twitter for the better, in my opinion. Like, oh, cool, you can have, like, long-ass fucking videos. But, like, literally they suck dog shit and don't load. <laughs> Which also affects the, the shorter videos, too. Uh, there's a bunch of little buggy little problems, but whatever. Well, let's move on to the other thing. Sorry, I'm getting stuck. Um, from the BBC News, Elon Musk names Linda Yacarno Yacar or y Yacarino, uh, new Twitter CEO. Sorry in advance. I'm bad with the names. Um, but billionaire Linda Yacarino, the former head of advertising at NBC Universal would oversee business operations at the site, which has been struggling to make money. Uh, he said she would start in six weeks. Now, he announced this yesterday. He didn't name Linda. Uh, that being said, I don't know if it was just people doing like their homework or he just decided that, hey, I'm just gonna tell, tell everybody now. And you know, within 24 hours after making that statement, 
we all know that it's it's her. So um, she's a bit of a background. I gotta say, I'm just now learning about her. It's not like I was super hip to her until today. Um, that being said, Musk will still be involved as executive chairman and chief technology officer. But this alone is still like, I would say big news, quote unquote, in a way, just because moving off of CEO is something that like you see someone like uh, Jeff Bezos do or, you know, any kind of CEO that like is there to bring their name and do their thing. But either things aren't working anymore, that has been done. So it's kind of like time to phase out. Now, I was listening to, I think it was a BBC earlier or one of my many little news podcasts I listened to. And they were saying how um, Elon Musk had put up a poll. And I remember this poll because I voted for it and voted in it or whatever. And, you know, uh, it was like, hey, should I step down as CEO? And everyone, and, and it was pretty resounding. Like, yeah, you should. You should totally step down as CEO. And he said, I will, resolve, I, I will abide by all results of this poll. So everyone's like, all right, cool, great. But then there was some people who had interviewed him about this. And he was like, oh, I actually already gave away my position to a dog. <laughs> so it's like, you just never knew how serious he was about that claim. But now that we have a name, we have a person, like, even though this person, um, Yacarino, she hasn't um, made a statement yet. Like, this is obviously something that's going to be happening. Um, looking forward to working with Linda to transform this platform into X, the everything app. Uh, Elon Musk wrote on Twitter, uh, confirming the decision a day after he had stoked speculation by writing that he had found a new boss without revealing their identity. Now, this is a dub for Elon Musk in a lot of ways. Um, with Yakarino, she brings what I would say is a diverse like portfolio, if you will, being that she's worked like under, I believe, Turner Entertainment big television you know company whatever then nbc universal so she has a good background i also believe she's like done shit with like the world economic forum which is kind of something that like people on the right like extremists to go oh that's like some globalist shit and they get all conspiratorial so it's kind of almost surprising that he picked her but then you also look on the other end she's also worked like in the white house with donald trump so she's a person who's kind of glad-handed, done a good job. You know, she is not only that, but I think she's an Italian-American or maybe she has Latino descent. I don't know. I'm, I'm only really reading off this one. Uh, but it's, essentially, it's, it's someone who is a diverse pick and you're not getting... Yeah, it says here that she was raised in an Italian-American family with a father who was a police officer and a mother who never went to college. Um... But you're just getting a, a pick that is not commonly seen in the tech sector, which is a woman. So there you go. Um, it's, it's a dub for him in a lot of ways. Also, outside of Twitter, I believe Tesla's stock went up because of this decision. Because people have been clamoring for Elon Musk to just be like, dude, like you are literally running SpaceX. You're running Tesla. You're running Twitter now? Like, come on, dude. You're doing way too much. You're stretching yourself out too thin. This isn't looking good. We want to see you focus on Tesla, making Tesla better so we can make more fucking money. So this is something that's kind of on the up for, for all parties. And then I imagined for... Um, Yakarino, you know, this is a just a big move. You know, now you're running a big company like Twitter. 
that being said, having someone like Elon Musk as your owner boss, I wouldn't want that at all. <laughs> but um, it, it is an interesting development, and um, you know, we'll see how it goes. We'll we'll definitely track the developments. Um, like, do I personally think also her nickname is the um, the Velvet Hammer? Which I'm sorry, that's an adorable ass nickname, and I know. I'm sure most people are going to be like, oh, what a whack-ass nickname. It's so lame. Okay, agreed. But that's also like, I don't know. I'm fine with it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I am happy to see Elon Musk at least step down a little bit. Obviously, though, he will probably still be as vocal and loud and fucking annoying as usual. Um, but I don't know. Hopefully, he'll have less people nobbing him off in fucking common threads. This shit is the worst, dude. Elon Musk stands are the worst. So annoying. <laughs> All right, let's move along. I'm done being a hater. Uh, from No, I'm not. Uh, from the Associated Press, migrants rush across U.S. border in final hours before Title 42 expires. So this has been a, a kind of a growing conversation, actually a bit of a part two um, in a way, uh, just because I, I know I talked about Biden sending a bunch of troops down to the border, um, you know, to help support and do a bunch of shit. Like, I, I still agree that, you know, he's doing that for points. It's not really doing things to be super duper effective. Otherwise, I feel like these fucking articles will be mentioning how effective that would be. Um, it was for prep, uh, preparation for Title 42 expiring. Title 42 is also something we've talked about on this podcast. Essentially, a COVID um, era bill that was made... Um, that more or less jammed up asylum in a way that didn't put a bunch of dirt, even though people were obviously mad when they saw how this was implemented. Like, oh, you're using COVID as a way of saying, oh, you can't come into the country. You have to go. You have to leave. You're a risk. And they're like dusting off this old fucking, I, I can't remember when that bill like was made, but essentially... They were using this and they're like, okay, well, as long as, you know, COVID the thing, you can use that. Now that we are obviously in May, you know, COVID's kind of quote unquote over. Um, this bill was set to expire. We had to come up with something. And now it expired, I believe, as of uh, midnight, 1159 last night, whatever. So um, it's a big deal because essentially how that that worked was if you crossed the border, you got caught you weren't able to apply for asylum and so that you could stay in America. Instead, you were just turned away. You were just kicked out. Now, we talked about some of the other downsides of this, which is kind of weird why conservatives still kind of wanted to keep it or they were bashing Biden for wanting to change it because at the end of the day, like, you were sending people out, but they can just come right back. And now I believe we've shifted to Title Eight, a newer version which allows asylum, but I'm using the quotations here because like there's like from what I'm understanding more or less like a fear clause that has to be attached. So you get caught and you say, hey, like um, I'm fleeing the, this country or this country um, for, you know, like I'm afraid for my life or da 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 da. But if your reason doesn't hold up enough in court, Essentially, you are barred from trying to come back here and going through the whole process for five years. Also, 
if you don't apply for asylum correctly now, which there are quote unquote several ways, which they do go in and they mention some of them in the article, but we've talked about how these ways are flawed. If you don't abide by these rules, like let's say you are coming from one country to, you know, you get to where you're going. Let's say you have to like cross through Juarez. Okay. Yeah, no one wants to be in Juarez, but you have to go back to Juarez and apply for asylum, and then we'll work it out with you to see if we can get you into um, America. But the city of Juarez isn't necessarily the best place to be in, and not to mention you're in a situation where you have no money, you have no means, and you're just already in a you're you're in a bad situation, coming to a bad situation, and you just want to get where you want to go, but you're stuck now. And if you didn't abide by the rules, you got to go all the way back. You start all the way over with that five-year fucking space gap or whatever. Um, there's the apps that we talked about that you are supposed to be using. But those apps are very laggy. They're very bad. They crash. They only allow like a 1,000 applicants, I believe, a day. So it's just not a very effective situation going on at the border. Biden has said, well, there's going to be a lot of confusion, a lot of adjusting in this time. But... At the end of the day, this is a broken system that you are now implementing with another broken means. So it doesn't really give me much hope in terms of the migrant situation. It is going to be something that, um, yet again, I keep, I just can't stress enough, the Biden administration is lacking and they are losing on both sides here, where they piss off conservatives because... They get, to, they get to just reference their people, the people who are living in these border towns, in these areas, and they're like, they're scared, they're upset, they're, you know, going through it, and they're saying Biden isn't doing enough, and they, they keep wanting to stress that Biden needs to do more and crack down and da-da-da-da-da, like, they want to have national emergencies, they want to have boots on the ground, shit like that, that, that's, that they don't want that rah-rah shit which is only going to lead to more problems, not solutions. It's not going to fix the border, but that's what they want to see. They want to see that knee-jerk shit. Meanwhile, he's just implementing things that are, in some ways, in my opinion, more draconian than the kind of shit that Trump had at the time. You know what I mean? Making it so that you get punished for trying like this, and it's already hard enough, and then, I don't know, it's, it's, it's frustrating. And I get it. I'm just a guy here with no fucking solution. But I still feel, and I think I'm going to always feel, that having harder, harsher borders is never going to be a good thing. The only thing it supports is a systematic oozing of unethical practices of people having to fight for their life to get through the border, and then they have to work for fucking pennies, pretty much indentured fucking servitude, and I'm being nice with that fucking description, just to make a fucking living so that these other business people and whatever can exploit them and more or less do what they want as if if it is a futile fucking system. And I think this is just something that our government kind of just kind of throws a blind eye to and says, oh, we're doing our best. It's so hard. There's just so much, so much surging. They they say border crisis. And this is something that you see from not just Fox News. You see it from CNN. You see it from all sides of the fucking pie. Um, And so it's very frustrating to kind of cover these kind of situations because obviously it's just in a lot of times I just throw my hands up. I'm like, I don't know what to fucking do. Like, I I just want to see people treated like fucking people. Um, it shouldn't matter whether or not you're you're coming from a place of fear or whatever. Like, it, also there's a lot of like political things that are tied to it too that I find annoying. 
Um, and that's always been this way. I, I, I just don't like it. I think it's silly. Um, and like I said before, I say it again, this isn't just a, an American problem. It's, it's annoying to me that this is a world issue, that people just do this and act this way with their borders. It's just so fucking silly to me to the point that it's evil. <laughs> like, I don't know. Um, that's that's that. <laughs> like we've, we've run our tracks there. Um, I got one more thing to cover before I let you go. So, you know, classic break time. Yummy, yummy. From ABC News. Woman who wrote book on grief following husband's death accused of his murder. Um, so this is um, Corey, Corey Richens. Um, I don't, I believe her husband's name was Eric Richens. Uh, a Utah woman who published a children's book on processing grief following the death of her husband last year, has now been accused of poisoning him with a lethal dose of fentanyl, court documents show. Um, yes, it was Eric Richens. Uh, Courtney, or Corey is 33. Eric was 39. He was found dead at the foot of their bed March 4th of 2022. Um, it, like, according to Corey, she said they were celebrating... Um, excuse me, there it is. (laughs) Um, they were celebrating and she made a Moscow mule for him. And then she went to go, um, yeah, they they were celebrating the closing of her house, um, for her business that night. Um, so she made him a Moscow mule and then he drank it while he was sitting up in bed. She went to go sleep with one, with the kid and uh they have multiple children so she went to go sleep with one of their children apparently the kid was having a night terror and she came back around 3 a.m and she said she found him cold to the touch now um she supposedly had attempted to perform cpr that's what they told her to do over the phone when she called 911 but um i believe like the ems were like no something's wrong here um yeah the first responders said there's blood in his mouth and more or less it was just showing that like she didn't attempt it like this pooled here like she didn't make any moves to help him so that was like a big red flag then they start digging and they find what they they say as an acquaintance in the article but obviously the this uh, i've had i have acquaintances like this let's just say that um maybe not dealing in these kind of things of course but essentially she was looking for um let's go ahead and fucking read it a search of Corey richard's phone also uncovered several communications with an acquaintance of hers who had various drug counts according to the charging document um during an interview with detectives earlier this month the acquaintance allegedly said that sometime between December of 2021 and February of 2022, Corey Richens allegedly texted him asking for prescription pain medication for an investor who had a back injury 
and an acquaintance who left hydrocodone pills at the house. Um, oh, and the acquaintance left hydrocodone pills at the at a house the defendant owned and was flipping, according to the charging document. Um, two weeks later, she asked for, um, and this is a quote that I found very interesting. Um, her investor wanted something stronger and asked for some of the Michael Jackson stuff and asked specifically for fentanyl. That's what she's saying her business investor is looking for. And um, she winds up paying $900 for 30 fentanyl pills. Now, after this, three days later, uh, Eric Richardson becomes very ill and he believes that he's been poisoned. Now, he tells a friend, and this is where it's like, you're, you're so down to murder that like you were leaving obvious evidence like it's so bad here that in the four of this like his actual death he's like i think she's trying to poison me and he tells this to his friend and then he gets sick again um trying to eat like a sandwich that she made um he took his EpiPen and some benadryl and i'm thinking to myself wait you took all this for like what i'm now thinking is like what fentanyl like, because if it tracks that way, she tried the hydrocodone, it didn't work, or the hydrocodone, whatever the fuck, then upgrade to the fentanyl. So he lives through that, tells a business partner immediately, like, this is fucking sus. Um, then she rees up, again, another $900 for another 30 pills, um, and six days later, on March 4th, he's dead. Um, so that, also, it's crazy because they i believe at some point they they press her about it like the situation and she tries to like cave and say oh well actually eric had like a drug like a drug problem he had a pill problem actually and i think that was her plan like be like escape if there was any kind of questions and it's like no dude like if he had a pill problem he would not be swallowing fentanyl like this that's just not how it works it's just blind ignorance on this shit and then clearly coming up with the terms like, oh, I need that Michael Jackson shit. <laughs> like, it's so bad. It's comically bad. It's like a Cohen movie or something. Like, this is some Fargo level shit to me. And she really thought she was going to get away with it. Not just get away with it, write a book about it. Now, granted, what's the motive? The motive is she had this big house that she was trying to flip for a lot of fucking money. So that was like a big thing. Also, they were arguing about said house. Um, cause like I said, she really wanted to flip it. I don't think he did. It was a $2 million property. Um, and after the day, the day after he died, she signed the closing papers on that home. So she was going to flip that shit no matter what. Plus also Eric had took her off of the life policy. Um, cause like, he was trying to get a divorce. And I think his only real hangup was like, I'm looking out for the kids. I want them to be okay. That kind of shit. Um, but in the meantime, she was aware of this and was trying to get herself not only put back on, I guess, but like get the policy doubled. And the insurance, another big thing here is if you're trying to get away with anything, the hardest people to get by is actually insurance. Like you, if you're trying to pull an insurance fraud scam and you're trying to kill someone, good luck. Good luck. <laughs> wouldn't advise it from this podcast that's for sure from the true crime i've listened to and no you don't stand a chance 
Because <laughs> they just want it more than you. They just do. They don't want to give you money even if this person really did die. Okay? So guess what? They're going to be fighting hardest to make sure that you are a liar or you are a or whatever. So whatever, whatever makes it so they don't have to pay. <laughs> and sure enough, the insurance won. So you're betting against the house. You're trying them. Um, all in all, I, I wish I could remember. I don't remember the name of the book. I know I heard it at one point. Um, but it's just super cringe. She dedicates it to her amazing husband and wonderful father who she allegedly murdered, potentially, whatever. I gotta say that. But, um, it's very fucking icky, dude. Um, I'm very curious. Once again, another trial that I can't wait to see how it unfolds. Um, but yeah, that's it. That's all I got for this episode. Uh, if you would like to support the podcast, uh, patreon.com, so Zazan News. I do bonus content, bonus episodes every week. Also, you get a hot link to the Discord. That's free, though. Uh, just hit me up. I'll give it to ya. X gonna give it to ya. Um, also, you become a doozy. I do a shout-out at the top of the month. I say a name. I holler out a project you're working on. You know, a little cross-promotion. Yeah. Uh, also, feel free to hit me up. Talk to me about news. Newsies do that all the time. I love that shit. Also, you can do that for the free-free. The homies do it all the time, and I love them for it. Um, but free ways to hit me up. Facebook, Twitter, uh, Gmail, Xanus1 uh, at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, I mean, you can hit me up in the comments on the YouTube. Feel free to hit that smash, uh, smash that subscribe button. Hit that like button. Um, yeah, we like that. We like that shit. <laughs> also, ratings, reviews, those are always dope. Thank you, thank you for that. And um, yeah, that's all I have for this episode. Thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks so much for being a friend. And hopefully I see you soon for some more good news. I love you. Bye-bye. Mwah.